Uh, hoi hoi, everybody, and welcome to our, I believe, first Talking Futurama interview. Yeah, I am, right. I'm one of your hosts, the uh, Stronger Than Gum Berkeley's Bob Mackey, who's with me today, as always. Uh, you know, I'll say this on a future podcast, Bob repeated, I'm a big robot and I demand a big <laughs> podcast interview. And speaking of which, uh, soon you'll hear us talk to the writer of that Anthology of Interest segment, Eric Rogers. And Eric Rogers was an assistant to the writers for the first two production seasons of Futurama from like the very first episode onwards after the yeah. pilot and he would later go on to write for the comedy central episodes we talked to him for about uh, 30 to 40 minutes about his time with the show the show's rocky history with fox and what it was like to finally raise to the rank of writer for futurama <laughs> yeah it was great talking to eric eric's fun on twitter too he'll say it at the end but follow him on twitter at eric rogers here uh he has been very helpful uh to just this podcast for like questions of hey in the early days what about this joke what about that joke because not only is he a professional uh television uh screenwriter in his own right but he also was a witness to all of the writers coming up with those jokes so uh he was there on the ground floor and he gave us some really great insight into those early years especially futurama and the comedy central years too like so uh he was it was just super awesome to talk to you know a professional writer who also was a witness to all of the the crazy stuff the ups and downs of futurama like eric all that harvard magic floating around in the air (laughs) but yes as we always do we will ask you if you enjoy the interview uh please let eric know he is at eric rogers here on twitter and eric is spelled e-r-i-c so at eric rogers here please let him know you enjoy this interview and who knows we might talk to him again or maybe other futurama writers oh we can cross our fingers yeah but but I guess here, let's go quick into that chat with Eric. <sighs> I'm so lonely since I came to the future. Will you be my friend? <laughs> Ow! <gasps> oh. <gasps> Who are you? I'm a big robot, and I want a big cereal. You too? Will you be my friend? Put her there, pal. I meant your wallet. So we are here with Eric Rogers. And Eric, our first question is, we really want to know, uh, where did your career in television writing begin? And how did it lead to uh, being a part of the Futurama team? Uh, Great question. One I love to answer. Um, So I moved to L.A. um, right after graduating from college uh, in 1995. And I knew I wanted to be a writer. Um, Didn't know much about tv writing per se um thought i you know like most kids who have stars in their eyes in the mid 90s uh for hollywood also a kid from the 90 a kid growing up in the 90s you know the simpsons was everything so um I'm, i i started working in television and uh uh i started to work my way up the ranks i started as a pa and then became a writer's assistant and a script coordinator and you know all those good uh, uh below the line type jobs uh in writers rooms um and i was working at Stephen Bosco Productions, um, and Stephen had NYPD Blue on him at that time, and Murder One, and was just kind of crushing the um, <clears throat> the drama game. But um, you know, I always wanted to. I always had a, this comedy side to me. I had a weird sense of humor. Mm-hmm. Uh, didn't know what I what exactly I was going to do with that until uh, I lost uh, or the show. One of the shows I was working on for Stephen uh, got canceled, and I was out of work for. Uh, probably six months, seven months. And, mm. you know, things were looking dire. And I was thinking, okay, this, this TV career is not going to work out. 
Um, it's time to, you know, pivot and figure something else out. And then 20th Century Fox. And they say, uh, hey, we, uh, we have your resume here. And uh, do, do you know who Matt Groening is? Because he's got a new <laughs> show coming. And of course, you know, I'm like, yeah, I know, <laughs> I know who Matt Groening is. <laughs> so um, they tell me a little bit about Futurama. And this is right. Uh, this is the, only the pilot script had been written. Nothing else really had been done. I mean, Matt and David had, you know, they had conceived all the characters and all that good stuff. And Fox had bought the show, but nobody knew anything about it. Um, and, you know, this is also 1998 when, you know, there's really no internet. And, you know, it's not like it was just um, Matt's next show. <laughs> and, mm. uh, but that was a big deal. I mean, you know, Matt, Matt had not done anything, you know, uh, this was the second thing after The Simpsons. So to uh, have the opportunity to, to uh, be, go in for this writer's assistant's job on the show was massive. Um, so, uh, they brought me in. I did the interview and I got the job. And uh, I was the first writer's assistant on the show um, and uh, was with the show uh, the first two and a half seasons into season three. Um, and that's really when um, becoming both a TV writer and an animation writer really kind of took hold of me. Um, you know, being in that writer's room, seeing you know, how those guys worked, how funny they were, how dedicated they were, how, um, you know, just, just watching the process and, and, and actually, you know, being a part of a room where you felt, you know, you felt like you were one of the gang, even though you weren't quite yet, you know, mm -hmm. there was still work to do to like rise up the ranks and all that. But, you know, David and Matt and all those guys, uh, you know, Ken Keeler and Paverone, they always made me feel like I was, you know, one of them and never never like just the guy in the corner typing words. So, um, you know, luckily, uh, by the end of season two, David, um, you know, I was pretty, pretty vocal about wanting to be a writer, you know, the whole squeaky wheel gets the grease thing. And, uh, mm -hmm. David gave me, gave me my first opportunity and, uh, I got to write, um, the anthology of interest, uh, season finale with him and Ken, um, you know, which <clears throat> was just amazing. Like, uh, I just, mm -hmm. I remember getting that phone call in my little apartment up in Westwood and, mm -hmm. you know, just like, you know, you just, you just think that's it. Uh, you know, <laughs> it, it, it's like winning the lottery. So it was just really a, a like a magical uh, moment in life. And, <clears throat> and then from there, um, you know, that's really when I decided that I wanted to be a comedy animation writer. And um, uh, I, I took some time away from the show. Uh, like I said, about mid season three, because my wife who's Australian was uh, moving here to LA from Australia. And, uh. you know, we'd had a long, yeah, we'd had a long distance relationship, but um, her coming here, you know, I, I really wanted to spend a lot of quality time with her when she got here. And, you know, the, the, the grind on Futurama was still, you know, still pretty legit, you know, even though we had two writers assistants in a big room and all that, it's, you know, it, it, the show is still taking <clears throat> a lot of time and, uh, you know, day-to-day -day time, that is. Um, so I stepped away um, so I could um, spend time with her. And we, you know, luckily we ended up getting married <laughs> shortly thereafter. Uh, we just celebrated our 20th wedding anniversary. So oh, that's, that's congrats. Yeah. yeah. So that's been, that's been working out. Um, <laughs> um, uh, but uh, in the meantime, while I'm, you know, hanging out with my wife, soon to be wife and uh you know we're getting to, to, to really we're solidifying our relationship and all that good stuff um i had also dabbled uh in writing comic books uh and um bill morrison at bongo comics which was matt's comic book uh, company as mm -hmm. you guys well know um they asked me to write a couple simpson scripts uh 
and that went great. Uh, you know, I wrote a, my first my first story for Simpsons Comics was a Sideshow Bob story, which you know, again, I love nice. Sideshow Bob, so it was just like perfect, like the perfect character to like, you know, dive in on on that side of things. Um, and then, uh, you know, I, 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 the comic book work really kind of kept me afloat and uh, and kept me immersed in the Futurama and Simpsons world. You know, I I um, wrote um, the uh, the, uh, the first issue of Futurama comics. Um, and um, wrote probably between the Futurama comics and Simpsons comics, like 30 or 40 published issues hmm. over, over yeah. the years. So, um, so yeah, you know, it's like really, it was, <laughs> it was, I was, I was in the animation universe at that point And uh, uh, really like just, just, there was no looking back. I, I, you know, I really love writing in animation and I love the fact that, you know, we, as time has gone on, especially in kids animation, we're, we're, we're getting the opportunity to tell more sophisticated stories oh, yeah. and, and, and more, and do more comedy. You know, we're really like, you know, there's a whole generation of us that, um, you know, kind of were brought up on the Simpsons and Futurama and Family Guy and all that good stuff. And, and, <clears throat> you know, those people are the ones who are doing, you know, all the animated shows now. And really just, that's why I think you see the quality of, of, really across the board from preschool to, to adult, like, you know, there's so much good high quality animated anima, animation out there right now, not just the look of the show, but there's just the, the overall, the overall quality from, from writing to, to voice acting to, to everything. So it's a, it's an awesome time to, um, to be an animation writer, to be an animation. Um, uh, and, and, you know, strangely enough, you know, we're in, in this pandemic and animation is the one side of the industry that, <laughs> you know, hasn't, hasn't skipped a beat, you know, as, as I'd even say it's gotten stronger because, you know, it's the one thing people in our industry know we can produce moving forward and know we can do without, you know, um, fear of COVID related shutdowns and that mm. sort of thing. You know, because most of us do our do our thing from our desks in our house anyway. So, um, you know, we're all we're all just uh, uh, social distancing um, here at our computers and making uh, <laughs> making animated shows. So, um, so yeah, that that's yeah. my uh, long winded way of answering that question. That was great. I mean, yeah. you're right. Everything has gotten worse except for cartoons. Yeah, every it's it's the yeah. safe way now. Every voice actor has their mic at home, so they can <laughs> right. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah, so I, I was curious, you know, in that early days, you know, you saying you got hired in 98 and the show premiered in 99, like, what what was it like working on the show back before the big premiere? You know, it uh, from from what we've seen, it seemed, you know, very exciting, but also stressful. And, and like, I yeah. recall on one DVD commentary, uh, David Cohen even said he, like, briefly quit the show from feeling so overworked. Like, what was, what was it like yeah. then? That was uh, that was legitimately a grind at the start of um, at the start of season one. You know, we um, there was a stretch um, over that summer where where we worked thirty six days in a row without a break, <laughs> um, and I was the only writer's assistant at that point. So you know, it, it, you're talking you know fourteen hour days. Um, you know, uh, with everybody, you know, just just doing our best to you know, get this show moving. And, you know, it, it was a hell of a, it was a hell of a thing because, you know, it was the second show with Matt's name on it. And that, that was serious pressure, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, 
there were a lot of there was a lot of um, tug of war with Fox, you know, over um, what the show is and what it could be, and 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 you know, they wanted. I think they wanted Simpsons 2.0. Yeah. And they were they were they weren't going to get that, you know. Of course, it was going to have Sim- the Simpsons DNA, but this was David's, you know, this was David's baby, and and Matt's baby too. But you know, David really like you know, as far as the writing side of it goes, you know, this this was. This is, you know, David really wanted to make this its own thing, and he did, of course. But um, I think that <clears throat> I think that pressure, um, you know, because David had David had David had not run a show by himself before, and um, mm-hmm. you know, he he had been one of the the higher ups uh, on The Simpsons, but you know, they had twenty people in that room, you know, and there was a hell of a support system and uh, an infrastructure there. You know, we were just, you know, this future was just getting its legs. So I think David. Um, he did. He quit. He quit for a minute um, because he he just didn't feel like he could. I, I, I'm not I'm hopefully I'm not speaking for him, but I feel like he just what what I got from him is that he just didn't feel like he could handle the pressure that was being, being put on him and the show. And, um, you know, he walked away for a second. And, um, you know, it's just a couple of days. My, mem- yeah. if my memory serves correct. It was just a couple of days where we didn't have David around. Um, that got that got worked out pretty quickly. I think Matt worked his magic and mm-hmm. you know um made david feel comfortable about you know the fact that he had david's back and he was matt you know matt was always matt was always good with fighting the fight against fox like i think and i think that was probably the most important factor in in the show continuing and david continuing to be the the head of the dragon i guess for lack of a better <laughs> word is you know he you know i think he needed matt to go I am not, I'm going to shield you from the, the crazy pressure that Fox is going to put on us. You don't worry about that. You go make a show, you go make the show that we, we wanted to make. I, I will be there to sign off on everything and to tell Fox that this is what we're doing and they can go fly a kite if they don't like it. <laughs> um, you know, and I think part of the problem too is, and I, I think my, I hope my memory serves correct here, but I think that the executive at the top of Fox television who bought the show moved on during that whole summer, during that process of us going into production. So there was a new head of Fox who did not like, from what I gathered, did not like the show, did not like sci-fi. Who knows what he thought of Matt? (laughs) I don't (laughs) know. He probably didn't like Matt because Matt, Matt just did not back down from a fight. And thank God, because Matt, like Matt was our savior, you know, Matt, Matt was, Matt was the one who, and rightfully so he could go to Fox and go, Hey man, I helped you build this house. You're not going to tell me how to make my second show, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that was really important, you know, like to, to have that guy go, you know what, I'm, I, 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 you bought this show. I'm going to give you the show that you bought, you know? And, um, um, you know, it was, it, so, so once we had David back and Matt was, you know, uh, taking care of the business side of it and, you know, keeping Fox away, like, you know, we were off and running and, um, I'd, I'd say by the fall, like the, the holidays of that year, we were really, we were a smooth running ship. Um, and it, we were just, you know, a normal, regular animated sitcom doing its thing. And it was, uh, but you know, I know all that sounds dramatic, but it really wasn't. <laughs> Why well, I, I know from the research we did, <laughs> like you know, uh, it, it it had it had a little, yeah, 
Oh, go ahead. Sorry. Oh, no, I was going to say, yeah, from from our little bit of research, we definitely uh, noticed we noted that there was a change in executives at Fox and like 98 that uh, we were sure like we saw like the like Bob, right? The Fox uh, time slot changed so much for for Futurama for a season. Yeah. And I wanted to get into that, too, because uh, I think most people remember watching Futurama like every day on like Adult Swim or Comedy Central or now Sci-Fi. Just like, oh, yeah, Futurama is like a a faucet I turn on in my house and it just keeps flowing. <laughs> but uh, back, yeah. uh, we went, we've been going over like how Fox was airing the show 20 years ago and it was like, okay, you get one 8.30 slot on Sunday and then we're going to usher you away to Tuesday for a fashion and then maybe bring you back to Sunday. It just, the time slots kept changing, the days kept changing. What did it feel like on the inside? Because uh, friends of our show, Bill Oakley and Josh Weinstein, their series Vision uh-huh. Hill was basically shelved after two episodes. Were you concerned that Fox could just hold on to these uh, production episodes and just never air them or just burn them off in a summer? Yeah, I, I, that was absolutely a concern. You know, I mean, when we premiered, <laughs> we were in that 830 slot. And I think we only got, I think we got two two weeks in a row and then we were off for like two or three weeks. And then we came back on for like two more episodes and then we were off again for two. Like, like there was no consistency. And, um, and, and, you know, our numbers were really good. I mean, mm-hmm. particularly in, in, in this day and age, like, you know, it, you know, it's always, it's always fun to like, you know, look at like what gone with the wind would have would make in 2020. <laughs> right. You know, and go, Oh my God, it would have made $6 billion. Right. Um, <laughs> it's kind of, it's kind of fun to look back at, at what TV shows ratings were, uh, you know, in the late nineties and early two thousands before we had, you know, streaming and, and DVRs and all that good stuff. Because, you know, we were, we had damn good numbers in that 830 slot, you know, and, and that was the confounding thing. We were like, look, we, we, we lost a little of the Simpsons lead, lead in, but like, we certainly weren't like, uh, you know, the Grand Canyon. It wasn't like, it, it wasn't like, you know, we were losing half their audience, you know, they, mm-hmm. they, the audience was sticking around to, to watch the show. And, you know, like with any, like with any, uh, new show, you know, you, you, you got to get the time come back to it. At the, at the normal time slot you say it's going to be on. So when Fox starts jerking it around and, you know, you know, we get two episodes here and then we're off for three weeks and then, oh, and by the way, now you're on at 730. And then, oh, yeah, this season, you're definitely going to be on at seven o'clock on Sundays. And, oh, by the way, we have football. So, you know, <laughs> most of the time in the fall, you're not even going to get to air your full episode because we're going to have football spill over into the seven o'clock hour. Like, you know, it it wasn't. They, it didn't seem like Fox was shy about trying to kill us. <laughs> uh, um, but, you know, like the, the show, just the quality, like just just like we rose to the occasion. And, you know, um, you know, we started winning some awards and, and the critics like loved the show. And so, you know, it, it was hard for Fox to to justify um truly just canceling us outright and and you know not airing these great episodes because you know the the we 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 were a little bit of a hit as far as you know the critics went and you know awards and good stuff like that so um you know i you know this is not a punch down to family guy but we had that over a family guy you know family guy wasn't winning writers guild awards and they weren't winning you know best animated uh series emmys um you know, uh, but you know, yeah. it, 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 it was a little show that could, and, and thank God we got our second life on Comedy Central as well, because that was, that was, that was great. That was 
just well, a good time. I mean, even four seasons under that scenario is is just impressive that you guys I think it really speaks to the the great work you were all doing there. I I, I was also curious, you know, uh from the beginning you can see the these really cool easter eggs for like leela's parents or nibbler is uh, uh shadow in the first episode like how, what from your vantage point how early were some of those secrets like baked into the the show like what, were you guys talking about that kind of uh mythology early on oh uh, yeah i mean i think that was one of the things david and ken and and, and matt loved about the opportunity to to do this with this show is that they could, um, you know, uh, have, have, especially with animation. So you could have the foresight of knowing, okay, you know, we, we have eight to 10 months per episode to, to produce each episode, right? Like from, from conception of story to finished product. Right. Mm. Um, so in that regard, you, you know, it, even if you haven't thought of the Easter egg yet, let's say you wrote, wrote a script, but you're not going to see the animatic for it for, you know, let's say two and a half months and you're not going to see full animation for, you know, five months. You can, if it occurs to you that we can, we can plant something into an episode, you have the time to do it um, mm. because animation takes so long. So, you know, but that being said, like, you know, David and Matt and, and you know, the guys, they, they all, they, they wanted to do these things early on, especially, you know, you, you brought up the, the Nibbler and um, Leela's parents of it all. Like those, those two things specifically were, were um, uh, long cons, you know, they wanted to play and, um, uh, and they paid off well. And, uh, you know, that, that Nibbler thing, you know, with Fry, uh, you know, uh, falling back into the, the, the tube um, and, you know, the shadow and all that. I mean, like uh, that was, that was there from the beginning. So, you know, it was really super cool that, um, you know, they, they wanted to do that. We're able to pull it off and, you know, um, uh, you know, I think it really provided a blueprint for, you know, other shows being able to, to, to pull off stuff like that too, which is really cool. Mm -hmm. So I want to rewind a bit and a question that we probably should have asked a bit earlier, <laughs> yeah. but, uh, can you, uh, clarify, uh, just because we're on the outside of the industry, uh, just what does it, uh, it mean to be a writer's assistant? What was your role on the show? Uh, your duties? Oh, and sure. Such? Yeah. Yeah. So a typical writer's assistant is. Um, you are in the room with the, the, the writers, um, uh, all day, um, as they are conceiving of episodes, writing episodes, all that good stuff. You are the guy or the gal in the corner who is making sure that all the good, good ideas get down on paper. And so let's say it's, um, you know, they're pitching out an episode. Um, you, that's, that, that is a gr bit of a grind grinder sort of day or two, because, you know, they're, the writers are trying to figure out what the story is going to be. And so all everything's on the table. And, you know, if, if they're throwing stuff out and laughing at it, you're writing it down, right? Mm -hmm. um, and then from there, you know, you start, they, they, the writers start to whittle, whittle down and hone into, you know, okay, this idea works, this idea works. And then once they, like, kind of latch on to what a, 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 an episode can be, then, um, you know, then really you have, you, what's next is basically the story break. Uh, and, uh, you know, that that's a day or two of just, you know, going over what the show can be beat by beat, maybe throw in a few jokes. Um, and as a writer's assistant, you're just writing all that down. Um, from there, you will hand off uh, whatever you have, uh, you know, via email or, you know, hard copy to the writer who will go off and then, um, you know, write an outline. Uh, the writer will be gone for, you know, let's say a handful of days. Um, 
when they bring that outline back in, that is uh, that's that's gone over in the room, uh, but with the entire staff to to uh, you know make that as uh, tight and awesome as possible. Uh, you are uh, you know the writer's assistant is uh, there, you know uh, putting those revisions in for the team. Then uh, if that's sent away, gets the network and studio approval, then the writer's off to write their script. And then when they bring that script back in, um, again, the right, the room goes over the script, you know, beat by beat, line by line, joke by joke. And the writer's assistant is the one who, um, again, is, is at the computer, um, writing, uh, you know, making all those revisions and, and typing that stuff in. And uh, one, one important thing I've left out is um, most writer's rooms uh, have a giant, TV screen um, against a wall mm. and that TV is connected to the writer's assistant uh, laptop uh, uh. or computer. And so they can see everything that you're getting down. <laughs> um, so you're not missing anything and um, everything looks good. And, and you know, that, that, uh, uh, as you probably would expect, all of that is um, shepherded by the, the showrunner and, and, you know, the, the, the leader uh, for all that. So, wow. um, so yeah, that's 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 that basically the job. It, you know, it's a lot of uh, you got to be a fast typer. You got to be a good listener. Uh, you got to know when to keep your mouth shut uh, and <laughs> when it's time to. You know, you, you usually with most good showrunners, you'll you'll develop a rapport and and they'll they'll let you know when it's okay to pitch a joke or you know <laughs> they'll ask you your opinion on a story. You know, and I think that that's a real key to to being good at that job is to not get greedy and want to be, uh, you know, at, at the, at the grownups table too soon. Um, mm. you know, you, you have to, uh, for, you know, you got to kind of wait your turn and, 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 and develop a rapport with the, with the team before, um, uh, you start to insert yourself, uh, as, as a writer. So, you know, it's, um, uh, it, it, it's a, it's a bit of a, uh, you gotta be patient. You gotta be patient and you gotta wait your turn, but you know, if you can do that, <clears throat> And you're a decent writer. Usually, you'll get your shot. So, yeah. <laughs> so it's been uh, 20 years now. If you were to see one of these old episodes on a rerun or whatever, uh, would you remember? Like, oh, I remember this joke really brought the house down, or one writer really fought for this joke. I remember what like Diet Coke I was drinking <laughs> when this was pitched. Do you have like specific memories of like the jokes that were being thrown around, or is it just kind of yeah. like uh, a storm yeah, in your no, brain? Yeah, no, no, no. It, it, it's a little bit of a storm drain, <laughs> but you know, like there are, there are, there are moments that, um, uh, really do stand out, you know, um, it, it, you know, so it, it, I mean, this, this is going to sound so egotistical, but like <laughs> most of the stuff I remember is like specific to like a joke I pitched or something. <laughs> oh, sure. Yeah. So, you know, like some, so like some of my favorite moments are, you know, in the, um, <clears throat> 2d blacktop episode, uh, you know, which is our fast and furious show. Um, uh, you know, we were we were writing, we were trying to figure out the end of that episode, and um, you know, I came up with this came up with this joke where, um, you know, the 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 gal who is the the, the spaceship uh, racer, she's got this she's got this running joke throughout the episode about having issues with her dad who she can't speak with, and um, they don't have a relationship and they can't talk. So I can't I pitched this joke about how. Um, he did. He didn't. He didn't hurt her with what he said. It was. It, it was the words he never said, and you know, it was just kind of a little, little dumb joke, like a laughter, tears, like like he was. He was like he couldn't catch his breath, and that made like <laughs> like me as a young buck writer, I was like so happy because I was like, oh my god, I made the showrunner cry tears of joy. This is amazing. Um, so 
you know, just stuff like that. You know, there was, uh, uh, gosh, John DiMaggio's, you know, he's got these moments at table reads where, you know, he, he and Billy were so exceptional, at, like finding weird moments with uh, the, the way they would, you know, deliver lines and, uh, and like, I forget which episode this was. Uh, I think it was the one where Bender and Amy hooked up early in season seven, six, whatever it was. Yeah, yeah. Um, there, there's a, there's a, there's a moment in that show where Amy goes to <clears throat> bail Bender out of jail, and uh, and he Bender pulls out an accordion and and uh, and he goes, oh, it's the it's the joke is something along the lines of, oh, that's a, that uh, that's so sad, Amy. I wrote a little song to cheer you up let's go already and the way <laughs> the way john delivered that like that we didn't know how we didn't know how he was going to sing that at, at the table read but when like like when he bust that out <laughs> he was just you know he did he he did that at the end of uh, another episode i wrote um the the one where fry and leela are in the zoo that like the way the, the whole the end his end line where he goes you were in a zoo like the way he did that at the table read was just <laughs> just phenomenal um now just just uh, from doing this hearing it, just the sounds john dimaggio makes just makes us laugh yeah like he just uh. i mean yeah i mean you know it's so funny because you know I've, I've gone on to i've gone on to do it a couple other shows as a showrunner and um you know you 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 wouldn't believe how hard it was for me to like convince the people on uh, at activision to bring john on uh for skylanders academy <laughs> like i thought I was like, this is a home run. I'm gonna put, I'm gonna get John on this show. This is gonna be great. And they, 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 they turned me down. They, they made me go. They made us go cast a, a film actor instead of John. And I felt so terrible about mm. that because I'm like, this guy is money in the bank. Like he's so good, and I can't believe that I have to even ask you <laughs> if I can put him on the show. Let alone you tell me I can't have him on the show because he's not a big enough name it was so that was infuriating that, that but, is you know, that's, another, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's another story <laughs> uh you know uh, i i did want to ask real quick about the uh anthology of interest one because that was when we just covered uh for our new season and so um uh, not only like how how you were approached for it which that must have been you know kind of daunting as uh as a as a relatively new writer and you have all these like harvard graduate simpsons uh, legends uh to work yeah. with uh but also like was was the feeling internally always that anthology of interest was going to be kind of like futurama's uh treehouse of horror totally yeah it was totally going to be that um you know it would have been would have been awesome if we had uh been able to do one of those each season but you know i kind of love the fact that like you know we evolved it a little bit with like saturday morning fun fit and yeah naturama in the later seasons you know naturama like that was a that was a blast to write for, um, you know, because I actually learned stuff <laughs> in, in my research on that one. Um, but yeah, like you know, the, that that first anthology of interest, you know, like it, you know, the the guys, you know, the, the group just was really excited about, you know, trying to do like a, you know, sort of a strange tales type uh, sci-fi, you know, uh, thing with our universe and. Um, you know, the, the, the possibilities would have been endless for sure. Um, but, um, you know, it, it's funny you, you brought up, you know, being daunted by, you know, um, writing in the room with those guys. You know, I never felt daunted because, like, I just was so excited to do it, you know. And um, 
it's funny to, to look back, you know, every now and then I'll look back on some older scripts and just look at like, you know, what mistakes I made, you know, not knowing what I know now and not, you know, compared to then. And, you know, I look back on my first draft and I just go, ah, oh, God, you know, you didn't know anything, Rogers. So, you know, thank God you were there to like learn some stuff from these guys because, you know, you, you suck. <laughs> um, but, you know, it's it like, it, again, it, it, it being able to write with David and Ken on that episode, you know, it just, I, that was a dream come true. And, and, and those two specifically, like, you know, they're, they're idols of mine. Like they, they've always, they've always taken care of me as, as far as, you know, teaching me stuff and whether they knew it or not, you know, they were mentors and, um, you know, like, and, and you know, Ken Keeler is, is, he's one of the, the great geniuses of, of, of TV writing. And, uh, you know, I wish, uh, I wish we got to see Ken do his thing more for sure. Mm-hmm. No, we totally he got, agree. He, he got out of his rat race. He's living <laughs> in North Carolina or something now. So oh, <laughs> that sounds nice. Yeah. Ken and uh, David Cohen are not on Twitter or else we would be bothering them. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> They're smart to stay away. But I, I really That's wanted right. to know, So about anthology of interest, um, how different was the aired version compared to your final script? Because we know that, uh, it's a very collaborative process just because your name is on it doesn't mean you're responsible for every like spoken line of dialogue and every frame of animation we see you know you're talking about david and ken here who's first drafts or just you know every time out stellar um but it wasn't you know my, my memory of it was it wasn't that it was too different um you know the definitely the the, the you know the, that's the one great thing about a good writer's room is like you, you know you don't send your writer out to write a script without a super solid outline and mm. i remember you know, with Futurama, we always had really strong outlines. So, you know, the the, the story structure was always, you know, pr- pretty much the story structure was what it was when I left the room to go write the script to what it aired, right? Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the, I think the biggest thing that changes, the biggest thing that changed was, you know, the, the jokes, you know, um, you know, the whole, uh, I don't think I had the lob, oh, I might have had the lobster bisque uh, line <laughs> in my first draft. Um but you know Bender's Bender's whole Hamlet Hamlet esque you know death at the end. I think that was conceived in the room uh, when we were rewriting it, or when they were re- revising it for the table read. Um, you know, the, you know, incorporating the Iron Man uh, song. I think that was brought in when we had it in the room. Uh, the Umbop part of it was was uh come you know, that, that was conceived in the room mm. um you know so it's mostly just it's like it's mostly just like adding those things and, and punching up the jokes really like but story-wise like it was it was pretty much what we came up with before i went out to uh write write the script cool cool now i yeah i i did recall hearing on the commentary they said like that was just they wrote you you guys all had too much like you just had to clip things out of it just to fit it in the, oh uh, the man, I, I yeah, my first draft. I, I did a, I, you know, over this pandemic, I, I did a couple, you know, waves of cleaning out my garage, right? <laughs> and uh, you know, I had a ton of ton of old scripts out there, and I found my first draft. Oh, and my my dumbass turned in a twenty five page act for <laughs> you know, and 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 I'm telling you guys, fifteen pages is tight for for an, one act of a show. I turned in twenty five, <laughs> so <laughs> the biggest mistake there was hey dummy you can't just give the writers 25 pages because they only have to cut 10 um you know so uh you know uh, i you know i one of, one of these days i'll have to go back and find that script and look at all the crap i must have uh overloaded it with and just to see what they had to cut out but uh 
Yeah, that was also that's one of the things you learn as a as a as a whippersnapper writer too. You're just like, uh, you know, learning how to edit is so important. You know, um, uh, it's the biggest mistake I think a young writer can make. It's just you know going, hey, well, you said to write all the story, I gave you all the story, and um, <laughs> you know, as a showrunner, you you sometimes just you want you want a writer to go, hey, uh, why don't you come back to me and we'll have a conversation real quick? If you're going to give me a 25 page script or a script that's like 30 percent over what it's supposed to be, let let's talk about that before you give it to me because you're going to give me more work than I need. So, mm. um, yeah. So uh, let's move ahead real briefly to the Comedy Central episodes before we wrap this up. Uh, we definitely sure. want to talk to you more about those once uh, we cover so those much. in detail. Yeah. But we've just finished covering the second season in, in uh, complete, uh, like, up-close detail, listening to every commentary, reading every source on them. So, But we do want to, like, just ask briefly about the Comedy Central stuff. How did that happen for you? And what was working for Comedy Central like compared to working uh, under Fox? Uh, it was awesome. Uh, <laughs> so... Uh, I, I was, I was kind of floating between jobs and I had had to have gone, I, you know, I'd done some freelance animation writing, but, uh, but, uh, this is like 2009 at this point, but I, you know, to pay my bills, I was, I went, went back to be a script coordinator on dramas and I was completely unhappy with that. Like just, you know, I was like, this is not where I'm meant to be. Mm-hmm. And, um, I, uh, heard, uh, I think, I think it was a, internet or so, somebody texted me some somebody it was like they just you know they basically put the ear uh the, the put the word put the word to me that uh uh got the word to me that that futurama was coming back and it was going to get this two season pickup on on comedy central so i immediately emailed david and i said they, i will do whatever it takes to be part of this show again <laughs> like you know i you you can you can make me you know i'll i'll sh- I'll clean the gutters, man. I, you know, you, you tell me the job to do, I'll do it. And, you know, I, of course I wanted to be a writer, you know, first and foremost on, on the staff. Um, you know, but David, you know, he was very honest. He said, look, I, you know, I've, I've got the staff in place already, but I would love to have you back as a writer's assistant. And if, and if you come back uh, episode, episode to write. And, and so I was like, yes, please. Thank you. Uh, I'm there. So, um, we started back in June of 2009. Um, and it was so much fun. It was like, because it was just like getting on a bike and, you know, you don't, you don't forget how to, you don't forget how to ride the bike, you know? And, but this time around, you know, we, we knew we had a network and a studio that uh, had our backs the entire time. You know, mm-hmm. we didn't have to worry about time slot changes. We didn't have to worry about not being promoted. We didn't have to worry about, you know, um, just feeling the love from comedy central like they they were they basically were like we're, we're bringing you back because we love you guys and we know you, you can um deliver an audience and um so we it was the writing the show then was just way more fun because there was there was you know no fear of you know the corporate overlords you know you know pulling the rug out from under us you know yeah. so it's you know having those 52 episodes knowing that those were, were were locked in and we had those 52 episodes to play with like it was really really a good time and you know i'm a huge fan of uh of shows knowing when they're going to end um and you know and and, and a studio and a network you know working with that show and going hey look you know this has been a good ride um but here's where we are going this is this is going to be the end and we're not going to pick you up after that so you if you want to write towards that end the ending you've always wanted with the show do it 
And I, you know, I think that was, I think David was really excited by that prospect, you know, because, um, that final episode we did, um, you know, uh, meanwhile, I, be, I think yeah, is the yeah. name of the title of the episode. Yeah. yeah. Um, it just was such a perfect ending for a show that seemed to keep getting this, you know, keep getting a new life. But like, we knew at that point, like this should be it, you know? So it really was just like the perfect sci-fi, funny, sweet, um, uh, capper to, you know, that entire adventure. And, um, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, they're like, you know, all these shows getting reboots and, and being brought back, but what about Futurama? And I'm like, look, I, my, my, I don't have, I don't know this for a fact, but my guess is David feels good about the way it ended and he probably doesn't want to mess with that. that mm-hmm. That's my take. I, and I don't know that, that for a fact, like I've never had that conversation with David, but if, if I were a betting man, I just, I, I, I bet somebody more than one, somebody, uh, somebody's have come gone to him and Matt and said, Hey, what do you guys think about doing the show again? And I, um, I, 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 I believe David's probably just like, no, not interested. <laughs> I, we, 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 we ended how we wanted to end, you know? So, um, no, and but I, who knows, man, you know, maybe we will be back one day. <laughs> well, I, I couldn't imagine it with, and I couldn't imagine coming back without David. Like he's, yeah. Sim- no. Simpsons has had so many different showrunners, but it was always, uh, David Cohen, uh, show running Futurama, right? Like, yeah. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Well, man, I, I have a million more questions I like to ask. I did want to just specifically say though, thank you. You were a real help in one of our earliest podcasts we did because we didn't know. We were like, okay, oh, does right. icy wiener mean <laughs> the descriptor icy, or does it mean I S E E wiener? <laughs> and you on Twitter cleared that up for us. Oh, and good. So thank okay, you. Good, good. I'm glad I was able to help. <laughs> that was one unsolved mystery cleared up for us. Yes, yeah. But did you have, want to plug yeah, anything yeah. Uh, while you're with us, Eric? Like your Twitter account, anything that uh, you might you're allowed to talk about that you're working on right now? You know, um, yeah. If anybody wants to come follow me uh, and my nonsense and my uh, uh, you know uh, cr- crazy tweets, I'm. Um, what am I? What am I these days? Is it Eric <laughs> Rogers here? I think it's at Eric Rogers here. H H E R E. Eric Rogers here on Twitter. Uh, yeah, let's let's double check that while I'm sitting here with yes, you guys. That, that is, yeah. yeah. <laughs> Eric at Eric Rogers here. There it is. Um, and uh, I do have a. I, I can't. Okay, here's what I'm gonna say. I have a brand new series that's locked and loaded that uh, has 52 episodes. I'm showrunner for head writer. It's sci-fi. It's comedy. It's action. If you guys go to Twitter and you look at my profile, you will see that it uh, I have, have done some uh, uh, playful uh, wording there to mm-hmm. tell tell uh, tell the, the, the world what I what it is. Because <laughs> I'm dying to tell the world what it is, but if I think I feel like if I say the actual word out loud, uh, corporate overlords will uh, take my son away. So, but if you go to Twitter and look at my profile, it's right there in the description. Oh, um, <laughs> I'm so, seeing it now. That's uh, uh, extremely clever. Yes, yeah. <laughs> It's not that clever. <laughs> no, it's great. I love it. um, but that that I do not know when that series is going to be announced. But it is uh, sci-fi comedy action half hour, and it's amazing. And it's been the second best work experience of my life since. It's been the best one since Futurama. Honestly, it's been amazing. Um, That's awesome. And you know, I've got next year. I've I've been writing some preschool for a show called uh, Smash, which will be on HBO Max. It's a, a kid kids show about little superheroes at summer camp and uh been writing for um 
uh, Polly Pocket as well. Um, those episodes will be out next year as well. So, um, you know, staying busy, uh, trying to get my own nonsense going as well. So, you know, hopefully, hopefully I have some, some Eric Rogers madness to put it out into the world sooner than later. But uh, yeah, there you go, guys. Awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks so much yeah. for t- uh, talking with us. And we definitely want to have you back again once yeah, we get to uh, the later seasons, for we, sure. We have just scratched uh, the surface. Yeah. That sounds great, guys. I, I, I'm totally down for it. You let me know. I'm, uh, I'm here. 